Naturalist. In every podcast episode, we're going to highlight the products, ideas, trends that are shaping the CPG industry. Or that we just really like. The other piece, just to put a little bit more perspective on it, we're expected to surpass $300 billion in U.S. consumer sales in 2023. Hi, Jessica. Adrian, hello. How's it going? Really great. Really great. We're here on our last day of Expo West 2023. I can't believe it's the last day. It goes by so fast, but so much happens. I also feel like I've lived three years in the past five days. (laughs) At least. At least three years. Yes. Yes. So I've never stayed here on Saturday before. I'm really excited to see what the energy is like on the show floor. How's it been for you so far? I mean, absolutely incredible. It's just been, and I'm I'm still riding the wave, right? So I love being here on the last day because it's a really good time to just regroup, talk about what we've seen, what it means for the future of the industry, lots of those kind of deeper conversations, what everyone's, uh, you know, had a week of these experiences and these great connections. So I've loved it. We had 67,000, about 67,000 people here this year, which is pretty. That's a few people. That's a few, yeah. (laughs) But it kind of felt small, which I really, really loved. And we were just talking about that. You know, we've heard a lot of people saying it felt like a throwback a little bit. And what what do you think created that feeling? I think part of it was just that intimacy of being around. I mean, so many hugs. I don't know about you, but I gave so many hugs, got so many hugs. It felt really just people felt euphoric to be back together again, to be kind of free to, you know, just be around one another and and do their thing. It was great. I I really think the energy has been fantastic here this week. Yeah, yeah. And we are a bunch of huggers. That is the truth. Yeah, people are like, are you hugging? I'm like, am I hugging? I've given out like 3,000 hugs this week. Um, But I think there was also a couple of the movements within the industry that were giving us that feeling. When I asked people, well, what is it that makes you feel like this is, you know, an old school show or some of these grassroots movements? And it seemed like one of the things people shared a lot about was the energy that they're getting from the regenerative organic movement and that it felt like the early days of organic when people were all coming together around a common cause getting really energized by it and I think regenerative organic is doing that for the natural and organics product industry right now. Yeah absolutely I was really excited to see um, so many brands both new and more established you know old school brands debuting their new regenerative organic certifications this week and we had Lundberg had a fantastic fantastic, um, you know, celebration of their new regenerative organic certification on a U.S. grown rice that they have. New Barn Organics, which was the next winner this year, yeah. um, was showing off their new regenerative organic certification, Wholesome Sugar. So, so many great brands. And then, of course, Dr. Bronner oh, yes. celebrating their <laughs> 75th anniversary this year. Um, they had a great table set up in the Fresh Ideas tent where they had invited um, different brands with regenerative organic to come in and, and use, use their space for their products. It was great. Oh, so cool. And that spirit of collaboration was alive and well at the show. And this other idea that I think gave a lot of, I don't know, just this spark to the environment was this idea of radical imagination. You know, I've said this a time or two. I think every conversation I've been in, I've referenced this because I'm excited about it. Yeah, I want to hear a little bit more, actually. So Leah Thomas brought this up during Climate Day, and she's from Intersectional Environmentalist, which is a group that I've been 
following for a while. I'm really excited about the work that they're doing to look at social justice as well as environmental impact and environmental justice and climate work and really where those two worlds come together. So certainly a lot of the things we talk about around bringing greater joy and more justice to the food industry, they're doing incredible work in that area. But she talked about this idea of radical imagination of rather than just thinking about the problems and dismantling the problems, if we can all really cast a vision for a hopeful future and start with that solution, start with that vision and work from there, that's what can bring people together and really inspire and motivate them. So yes, we know that there are lots of problems that we have to address, but I think one of the things that this industry has historically done but is doing even more around now is that optimism, bringing real optimism to the climate conversation, to social injustices and saying, we can turn this around, but here's how. And so that's what I want to talk to our wonderful, amazing guest today, Carlotta Mast, our fearless leader at New Hope. Good morning. I'm so glad to make it on your podcast. Oh, we're so happy to have you. Well, I could not talk about a more passionate topic, Expo West, so thank you for having me. Carlotta, what's your experience been here? And, and before I let you answer that question, I do have to say, wherever I go, people are giving uh, just so much gratitude towards you for the work that you've done in this industry to bring more equity to the space, to really highlight and showcase and, and embrace diversity in all of its forms. And that is having a true impact on the industry. So that's one of the standout things at Expo and why we're so happy to have you as our guest because Absolutely. the work that you've done for us internally at the company and externally for this industry is remarkable and now really measurable. So oh. it's impressive, Carlotta, thank you. Oh, Jessica and Adrian, thank you. I mean, it's it's all of us, it's our work. You know, you do have to have commitment throughout the full organization to, to the kind of change we want to see in the world. And it's amazing to see the alignment across all of us who work at New Hope Network and then increasingly across the industry as well to make a more equitable and, and truly prosperous industry because we all have a seat at the table. So I have to thank both of you for playing a really important role in all of that as well. Well, it really is just a big love fest here. I told you, we Expo. love the hug. <laughs> so Carlotta, uh, let's talk a little bit about what you shared during State of Natural. That's always such a highlight of Expo. It's one of the opportunities for the industry to really come together and understand what's happening now and what does it mean for the future. So can you just give us some kind of high level insights around where we are now? What was growth looking like for the natural and organic product industry over the past year or so? And what do you think that means for the year ahead? Absolutely. Well, I'll maybe set a little context because that was a big part of the state of natural and organic session this year because if you just look at numbers and you look at them on a chart and you see maybe numbers um, from a growth perspective go down, you can start to think like, oh, what's happening? And you can start to get into a, a scarcity mindset or even a fear mindset. And what we wanted to do is really provide some additional context for how to think about our industry, how the industry performed last year, what we're expected for this year going into the future, but really with this idea that 
you know, mindset is everything. During the State of Natural, I wore a t-shirt that I had, I had just picked up when I was at the BioFoc show in, in Nuremberg um, last month that says mindset is everything because it is. And what we wanted to position is how do we think about growth in our industry, but from a new perspective, reimagine what growth could look like? Because the, the truth is we did still have good growth in 2022, but it was impacted by inflation. So um, during the pandemic, of course, there was very strong growth, record setting growth for our industry because people's lives changed overnight. They were at home, they were pantry loading, they were cooking and and that had a tremendously positive impact on our industry, and it brought a lot of consumers in to try our products. That growth held in 2021, as a lot of those those new um, shoppers who tried natural and organic brands for the first time, they really liked them, and they decided they were sticking with them. And then inflation began to hit in 2022, and as that build um, started to build up throughout 2022, we did see growth impacted. And last year, we still had oh, for the, the overall industry, we still had 5.4% growth for the industry. So most industries, I mean, that is that is tremendous growth. And last year, we, were, we reached $278 billion in U.S. consumer sales, according to the early Nutrition Business Journal estimates for 2022. And that is expected to stay, you know, strong in the mid-single digits over the next three years. So that's a very positive story. And the other piece, just to put a little bit more perspective on it, we're expected to surpass $300 billion in U.S. consumer sales in 2023. I was just going to ask wow. if we're still on track for that $300 yeah. billion dollar number that we been talking yeah. about over the past year we is- are and in 2013 so 10 years ago we were at only 150 billion dollars so we have doubled wow over a decade and by 2025 we're expected to be just under 340 billion so as we pick up um, scale we just the the scope of this industry is growing tremendously and then think about the the impact that can have on the world because the thing that is so um, resonating with me about this show is how many companies truly are they're bringing amazing innovation into into the marketplace but they're also doing amazing things that will make this planet better for all people and for the planet itself so that we can live on this planet in you know um, the state that we want to for a long time to come so you know the numbers actually you know in some of the categories supplements actually had a challenging um, 2022. So that's a you know that's that's a growth story that we also need to talk about. For, went from 14.5 percent growth in 2020 as people were looking for immune health supplements and things that could could support their overall wellness, and then last year just 1.7 percent growth. So still growing, but it, you know that's a big shift, and so that impacts the industry as a whole. But that's that's kind of a blip. That's you know we yeah. believe that 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 those sales will pick up, and so. 
It's just all about mindset and how you think about these numbers and, and where we could go in the future. Well, thanks, Carlotta. Such a great overview and definitely important to have that context of really looking at. We talked about this a bit in our first episode of just what happened during the pandemic and then how are we kind of recovering from that or adjusting to the, the new, new normal, maybe back closer to the old normal. There's a lot of a lot of factors that have contributed to differ, different consumer behaviors and, and, and now understanding yeah, we're at 5.7% 5, 5. growth, which... I'm 5.4, 5.4, 5. 5.7 was See, my prediction. you're being optimistic. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that That's an optimistic mindset. <laughs> exactly. But still strong, but yeah, understanding and that mindset piece and, and mm -hmm. back to our kind of thing of radical imagination. Solutions-oriented. And solutions-oriented, solutions yes. So you talked about, yeah, supplements being a little bit more challenged, but still some interesting things happening there there that I saw on the show floor. What were some of the real bright spots, bright spots in terms of categories or certain innovations that you think are driving this 5.4, 5 5.7% growth? <laughs> you want to split hairs? <laughs> Well, food and beverage. So natural and organic food and beverage, 7.2% growth last year. So um, really outperforming the industry as a whole because, again, the impact of supplements. Natural and organic food and beverages are the largest category by far. We have um, now 111 billion dollars in U.S. consumer sales in natural and organic food and beverage, and then you add functional into that. That grew at 5.8 percent, and so you put those two categories together, and you're almost at, um, you know, 200 billion dollars in sales. So I would say food and beverage, and then within within food and beverage, you've got. Um, What's so interesting is what's hab happening in carbonated beverages. So those healthier sodas mm -hmm. that, you know, we, we've seen a lot of that awesome innovation, those, those probiotic sodas, um, low sugar sodas, those have been performing very, very well. Blowing up. We have, a, we have a content team chat going at the show, and I would say there's uh, like at least a dozen standout products and, and so many more on the show floor, but that yeah. we've seen of calling out as like, these are really unique, innovative products, and they're in that sparkling beverage, non-alcoholic beverage, functional beverage space. So definitely something that's on our mind from a trend spotting standpoint. Well, and then if I'm not mistaking, the other um, functional beverage category that's really been blowing up has been energy and hydration. So I always think about those things as kind of those foundational wellness things. You know, you've got hydration, you've got energy, um, you know, all of these things that really help us just live our lives in the best, most healthy way. Way. And so I love to see those products kind of moving out of the more niche sports nutrition area and really moving into just mainstream natural channel markets. Definitely, definitely. And taking a quick step back, because I know not everyone really knows what the definition of functional is. So Carlotta, you said functional and then food and beverage. What is What are functional foods and beverages? Can you just talk about Can someone define that for those who don't know? <laughs> well, I bet Adrian can define it better than me. Um, do, you want, do you want to take a stab at that? Sure. Sure. Well, when I think of functional beverages, I'm thinking of, um, you know, particularly in our industry, we're looking at brands that add in functional benefits to their to their formulations. So things like ashwagandha, reishi, nootropics, botanicals, all of these things that can have a positive benefit on your health in some way or another. 
Um, of course, energy, that's a, that's a result of getting the functional benefit of caffeine. And so for a lot of natural formulators, we're seeing clean caffeine, Wayusa, you know, different ways of adding that energy. But it could be anything from sleep to anxiety to stress, um, even beauty. You know, we're seeing a lot of collagen in that beauty, skincare inside out or from the inside. <laughs> um, so anything I think it, that really has those added botanicals, nootropics, other things that will really help boost our health and wellness. And sometimes a nutrition facts panel and sometimes right. a supplement. And, and it's getting panel, harder and harder is, to tell yeah. which is which until you pick up the product and actually turn it around, which I think is great because that's really showing the transparency and the integrity that so many of these brands are bringing into it, you know, really telling us how many of these functional ingredients are in there in what quantities. Well, th thanks for pausing on that person. Was that, did that work? Was that great, okay? That's great, Adrian. And we're seeing so much in functional, and I wanted to call attention to that. We, we need like a horn or something where if it's like, okay, <laughs> topic for a future episode. Because a horn and a gong, <laughs> just yeah, in case. Exactly. Well, I, I think so, and I think that would be an amazing topic for a future episode because it speaks to the fact that more and more people want something extra out of the foods and beverages that they consume. They want them to be clean, they want them to be healthy, but then they want that added benefit for whatever, you know, those all of those conditions that, that you cited. And, um, you know, we talk about food as med medicine. In our state of natural, we talked about beverage as, as yes. medicine, yeah. as you mm -hmm. start to see more of these truly functional um, beverages that, um, that provide real efficacy, because that would be an interesting topic, you know, functional foods and beverages that can provide <clears throat> My voice, I'm losing my voice because of Expo. It's true efficacy versus the pixie dusting mm -hmm. that yes. you can also see throughout the industry. Well, what I always think, you know, what I really like and I find really encouraging is I think that that growth in, in food and beverage, and especially functional food and beverage, alongside growth, even if it's a little bit slower growth in supplements this time around, it really shows that approach to like a holistic wellness. Um, you know, we're not just relying on taking a pill, quick fix. We want our life to be um, enriched by food, what we eat, what we drink, our supplements. So I love that kind of holistic approach to wellness that seems like consumers are really embracing. Absolutely. And that was one of the themes as we think about, okay, what will drive growth in the future for our industry? And how do we, how do we really focus on that um, versus perhaps some of the short-term blips we're experiencing? Mm -hmm. And it, it is about this notion of superior nutrition. This industry has long been defined by human health and what we can do to improve human health through nutrition. And um, Jessica, you'll, you'll remember this. We, we surveyed the, the industry this summer to understand how does the industry define itself? Like, what are the things that are most important to the people who might gather here in Anaheim for Natural Products Expo West? And <clears throat> at the very top of the list was the idea that we can um, improve human health. So that nutrition is how we define ourselves. And I think we have still a long way to go to be providing truly nutritious um, products for for all people and making those more accessible because um, 
that's how we can that's how we can measure the outcome we really have on humans is through superior nutrition and we're seeing a lot of great innovation and I'd love to see us continue to accelerate that and then imagine what that will do for our growth absolutely I love it too and I think for me that really is my vision if I were to say okay what would I want this industry to be in 10 years it would be that these healthy products are available to all people and that they truly are healthy and nutritious and offer the that those benefits that not everyone currently has access to so I think that there's a lot of great work that this industry is doing around scaling scaling these products while ensuring that they're high integrity and wholesome and nutritious whether it's in the dietary supplement space or the food and beverage space or personal care which is another area that we're seeing a lot of growth and exciting things happening uh, which we'll talk more about in future episodes and some of the things that we'll discuss in just a few minutes here on the list will be some of those companies that have these big ideas and are starting to actually execute them in ways that can make this industry more accessible so Carlotta are there any other highlights from State of Natural that you'd like to share for those who weren't able to attend or for those who were things that you want to reinforce and have people leave Expo saying okay we need to take action in these areas or remember these things it was such a great rich session <laughs> there's oh. lots to share well there is a lot of data so um, you can access for for all attendees at, at, at Expo through our um, virtual platform you can access the the replay of the session as well as all of the slides there's so much data in those slides that I encourage you to download those because you'll you'll learn a lot and have access to a lot of valuable data from Nutrition Business Journal spins and Whipstitch Capital um, a couple of things I, w- I was hoping we could talk about the the non-alcoholic beverage movement that is so alive here because that was one of the things we talked about and then the other piece was you know in addition to nutrition and our and our real commitment to providing superior nutrition for all people um, we believe that another amazing growth driver for our industry is sustainability and DEI so there's amazing data that um, Nick McCoy from Whipstitch put into the presentation that shows how companies that are committed to both sustainability and really measuring the outcomes of their their sustainability they're growing faster and they have more potential for future growth I mean these these are becoming table stakes these kinds of investments and consumers expect them and want them and by making those investments now you are positioning yourself for strong future growth and relevancy for future consumers and the same with diversity equity and inclusion when you are building a truly diverse and inclusive team so that you're able to reach um, the increasingly diverse um, consumer demographics, then you're positioned for growth. And Nick did some great work to actually measure that through data by measuring how specific companies are doing and, and those companies that are committed to diversity and are building out that diversity in their organizations, they're growing faster. So this is these are, these are the right things to do, they're good things to do, and it's just really strong business sense to be investing in these areas. Couldn't agree more, and I love how Nick is able to quantify some of that and 
say this is really this is truly good business and it's going to make you a more prosperous company as you make these really important investments in sustainability and DEI. I do have one question. This came up for me and it's something that now I'm kind of struggling with is we've talked so much about measuring outcomes and we're doing a lot of work to, with How Good and Spins and others in the industry through our, our Beacon Discovery platform and, and other ways that you know you can find what you're looking for in the natural products industry. Buyers can align their values with what they're seeing and that's so, so important as well as just measuring outcomes so, so through your ESG strategy and other things that companies are doing. When the Amen Project was talking at Climate Day, one of the things that I was really struck by was them talking about not having a desired outcome, right? So not measuring right now. They're just approaching it with curiosity, right? And they're saying, we don't know what we don't know. So let's just embark on this project and eventually we'll be able to quantify the outcomes. But for now, we're just curious. So it was kind of letting go of mm -hmm. some of that desire to want to be able to quantify and measure everything, which I believe is so important right now, but not at the expense of curiosity and failure and, you know, vulnerability that comes from just, you know, not knowing. So any thoughts on that? How do you find that right balance of measuring everything, measuring your impact and letting go of desired outcomes when you just don't know what they're going to be? You know, I'm so glad you brought that up because that was that's been another um, conversation that really struck me. And in the Almond Project, they were the recipient of our Regenerative and Sustainability Award in our Community Purpose and Impact Ceremony on Thursday. It was so moving. It was um, so moving. So moving. That that whole evening was just so moving and just reinforces so much of what we're talking about. And when I heard that um, discussion at Climate Day, <clears throat> what really resonated with me is that they don't know what the outcomes are now that, that will be the ones that we really want to pay attention to. And so it's be willing to join forces to do the work, be okay with not knowing, and, and be curious about what you might learn because then it will help define the right outcomes for the future in terms of what we need to be measuring because right. it's okay to not have all of the answers right now, but that doesn't mean we don't engage in the work. It doesn't mean we don't commit the resources, the time, the ingenuity to try to get to those answers because I think a lot of times we expect to have our KPIs established right in the front so that we, we can know exactly what we're working toward, but this is brand new territory that will be transformative life-changing territory and so I just thought it was so amazing to see these brands commit their resources their time and to be working collaboratively to get to those answers but being like we don't know we don't know right now and that's okay well, and that comes back to that radical imagination again. Yeah, no, it really does. It's such a great example of that. And some of the most important work happening in the industry now, we may not know what those KPIs are and not to be afraid of that. So I think that that's really, really exciting and, and important and to see that, that type of energy. So, um, oh, yeah, it's been a good week. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's the week. perfect way to wrap this up, actually. It's a, it's a great note to end on. Carlotta, thank you so much for being here with us this morning. Thank you. And, and I'm so glad that you are having these conversations with this new podcast and really appreciate being invited to join in. It's time for 
the list. Okay, it's time for the list. You're looking comfy over there. Oh, I'm feeling comfy. It's been a long week. <laughs> oh, has it? Are, are the dogs barking? <laughs> yes, good thing I got some Arnica cream samples. It is. Are they making their way onto the list today? No, but I'm. they made their way onto my legs this morning. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's time for the list. Let's get serious. This is a serious, serious thing, serious endeavor. What have we got today on the list? So today on the list, we have some big ideas, companies doing really transformative things. We, on this episode, we just had that great conversation with Carlotta. We're seeing so many really imaginative ideas coming to life at the show. So one of the really interesting things I saw here was, and Adrian, I sent you many notes about this, right? Was I- More than a few. (laughs) You were excited, I love that. So Source Global is a technology company. This company generates drinking water from the atmosphere. So literally from from air and sun. So they're basically solving our water crisis with not completely natural other resources. It's pretty cool. They acquired spring water brand Proudsource Water. So I went over to visit with Proudsource and Neil Grimmer, who was the founder of Plum, the baby food company. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah they're awesome. And he said he had taken a little break from CPG and he came back and he came back with this what if thinking. What if we could do something truly disruptive that addresses this big water crisis that we have? Now, one of the things that he said was it's a technology solution, but really it's a human solution. It allows the community to be involved and to experience abundance. So as I mentioned, the new technology pulls water directly from the air using solar powered hydro panels. Wow. Yeah. So I I mean, yeah, this was in the CP. It's now in the CPG space. It's here at Expo. But really, this is like big, big thinking and and just saying, yeah, what if? And so I love what they're doing. I can't wait to see how this evolves. We'll certainly be tracking it. Can you do the gong noise that we're talking about for a future episode? <laughs> gong. Ding. Gong. I'm walk. I don't, done. Know, I don't know what that box is. <laughs> <laughs> So more to come on that. That is number one for me on this week's edition of The Naturalist. Adrian, to you. Okay, okay, I'm ready. (laughs) We're getting serious. No, I wanted to give a shout out to a nonprofit. It's called Unstuck. It was founded by Chobani founder Hamdi Ulokaya. And if you went by the Chobani booth this week, you will have seen all of the Chobani team wearing these great t-shirts that said, Chobani helps refugees, or I can't remember the exact wording, but it was really impactful. And so what Unstuck does is they partner with different CPG brands and help them figure out a way to source some of their ingredients from manufacturing facilities that hire refugees. So this might be in Peru with mango or with, um, I want to say passion fruit, but don't quote me on that. It might be in Colombia working with Venezuelan refugees. They have operations all over the world. They've partnered with a lot of really great brands, um, including Le Petit Pot. They've partnered with That's It Bars. just a good pop is another one of the partners. Um, so is talk, um, Tony's Chocoloni. 
I hope I said that right because I always get my my letters confused. <laughs> but so it's just really a great initiative, and I love the way it's thinking really big. I mean, the refugee crisis is. Yes. It's a real crisis. It's a real problem in this world. And I, I love the way that they're really changing lives through this program and getting all these great brands on board as they do. So it's such a cool initiative. And I did a panel with that team, I think, at Expo West last year. And one of the things, or maybe it was even a couple of years ago, one of the things that really stood out to me was how they're thinking about addressing accessibility and the democratization of health through employment. So yeah, one of the absolutely. things we talk a lot about is affordability and making sure that we keep prices down for natural and organic products, but it really also is about providing employment to people and communities in need. So I think what they're doing is is really a game changer. Yeah, absolutely. All right, next on the list. So Ooh. speaking of democratization of health, totally different approach to that is this company Radical Science. And what they're trying to do is democratize supplement clinical research. So it's very expensive for supplement companies to get research on their products. So that means that they're very limited in what they can say about their products and the efficacy, the structure, function claims that they can make. And when they do invest in science, it's so expensive that that is then reflected in the price of the products as well. So I, I really like their mission to make gold standard clinical tri trials more more affordable to supplement brands. And then not only can they make those research-backed claims, but they can also hopefully eventually make products more affordable. And uh, one of the other things that they're doing, which is interesting, is, is making sure that the research that goes into the products is representative of the populations that they're serving. Oftentimes, there's not a lot of diversity in these clinical trials. And so Radical Science is committed to making sure that those studies are on diverse populations populations, which I think ultimately can bring more people, more communities into the dietary supplement space. So uh, they're doing a lot of really great work. Too. That's a good one. Thanks. I like them. Yeah. Thank you. I'm, I'm like thanking, thank you, like on behalf of them, like I'm accepting, <laughs> accepting the award. The award accepting the Oscar. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then finally, let's wrap things up with Moonshot Snacks. They had some really big news this week, some really exciting news. Um, so this is a company um, it was founded by Julia Collins. Their work is to build just a beautiful regenerative world through their crackers that are made from regeneratively milled wheat. And the big news this week was that the brand was acquired by Perpetual Purpose Trust Patagonia Provisions. It's <laughs> <laughs> perfect. No, no, just really exciting news um, from Moonshot. So what is a perpetual purpose I was just about trust? to ask you the same thing. <laughs> so it's a trust that is established for the benefit of a purpose rather than a person. So these trusts then become the legal owners of a business and the business owners now have a, a duty to fulfill its purpose. So I think this is just a fascinating Amazing. thing that's happening in the space. And I was talking to, I, I won't mention the name just because I know 
they're at early stages, but a certain retailer who was saying, we really want to, we want to do this and we want to understand, you know, what this would mean for our business and others in the space saying, yeah, let's learn from what Patagonia did and try to bring that into our businesses. So um, I think it's, it's really important. It's a way to be truly accountable for the purpose piece of our businesses. And uh, yeah, and, and so cool to see Patagonia and Moonshot come together and, and take this cracker mm-hmm. and turn it into something. And, and what uh, Julia has done at Moonshot um, is just a prime example of, of using your business as a really great wide-reaching force for good in the world. So, um, yeah. Will you tell me who that retailer is after we stop recording? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. All right. Well, this was one a can good hope. one. <laughs> so Adrian and I and the whole content team have tons of products and companies that caught our eye on the show floor. We will have another episode coming up where we talk through all those great products yeah. and, and probably another long, long natural list coming up, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. I'm actually going to go back out to the show floor right now. As am I. Yeah, we could go together. Let's do some list spotting. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Thanks, Adrian. Thank you. Want to be on The Natural List? Send us an email at thenaturalist at newhope.com.